Greetings, friends. Welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, your host. Uh, grateful to be with you here. Uh, look, the Justice Department put out a photograph in support of a, f- of a legal filing. It's got paperwork of unknown origins strewn about a floor that is uh, supposedly uh, in Donald Trump's personal office at Mar-a-Lago. This photograph, you may have already seen it. It is making the rounds, and it is getting quite a lot of, well, let's say, action. Now, I want to tackle first and foremost the reaction before I get to the substance of all of this. Because the reaction to me is far more interesting. A number of prominent conservatives have gone on the record to say, how can this be Trump? What a buffoon. Having all these documents at Mar-a-Lago. How dare he? No, not even how dare he. How stupid can he be to keep all this stuff uh, and um, you know, so forth and so on? All right. And that was the reaction, the predominant reaction that I have seen. Because I went to bed last night fairly early, not to get too personal, but it was lights out for me uh, earlier than normal. And I did not follow the news into the evening. And it was I woke up this morning about 6 o'clock in the morning, and, and it got a deluge of texts, of notifications, of things of the world falling apart over this photograph. Now, before I even read a single response, before I even looked at any of the commentary related to it, I thought to myself, wow, these documents, they must be so top secret and so secure that the FBI has no problem photographing them and publishing them for the world to see. And before you tell me, well, Sam, but listen, these are photographs that are taken, they're low resolution and whatnot. Hey, if, the, if this is top secret stuff, there are spy masters across the world that are finding ways of focusing and sharpening that image to be able to make some legibility out of these documents that are pictured in the photo. So it's, I am telling you, This whole thing just stinks to me to high heaven. And if you follow this program, you know I'm I'm not a blind defender of Trump. But I will tell you, I am a far greater skeptic of our government. I'm a far greater critic of the FBI, of law enforcement, than I am of the former president. I look at this and I see, what do I see? I, <laughs> I see an FBI that is being in a Justice Department that is playing the game politically. They are recognizing the power of imagery. By the way, I'm a big believer in this and I will tell you it is far easier to tell a story using a photograph than to write a long paragraph, and that is because most people have the attention of a gnat. They don't want to read a paragraph. Most news stories, by the way, I'll tell you this from experience, uh, if it's not captured in the heading, the subheading, 
and the accompanying photograph, most people will miss it. And that's one of the favorite things of the mainstream media to do, by the way, is they'll put out a misleading headline. And then you read in the article and, well, the article has something completely different and it contradicts sometimes even the headline. And consequently, you know, you, know, you realize how misleading the headline is. But most people, I would say a good 85 to 90% of people are stuck at the headline, at the picture, and are not going beyond that. So what is the photo? I'll look at it. I'll tell you what I think about it. What do I see? I see top secret SCI, top secret SCI, all over this document strewn about the floor. Why are they on the floor? Why are they laid out like this? If you get into the substance of all these articles, you get into page two, three, and four, there are a variety of quotes from the Department of Justice indicating that this is not how the documents were found. That in fact, this was a staged photograph by the FBI agents that went in and raided Mar-a-Lago. So they pulled it out of the safe, they pulled it out of the cupboard, wherever they found it, they pulled these documents out, laid them out on the floor and took photos. Now, I will see, of course, that there are a number of redactions, right? There are some blank pages put over the sensitive portions of the documents. I still see headings on it. I still see stuff here that are potentially damaging, revealing, or whatnot. Just enough to give us a flavor of how bad and evil Donald Trump is. Every so-called conservative that today is loudly proclaiming this is it this is absolutely beneath beyond the pale trump is done how anyone can support him over and done with i can't even listen to people saying that right now and i'll tell you why whenever let's move away from trump let's go to I don't know, let's go to court cases that I've worked on as a lawyer. Let's go to prosecutions that I've witnessed and seen that are smaller, that are on a lower scale. The minute that the prosecutors are going public, publishing evidence, working to taint the jury pool, uh, the hairs on the back of my neck go off because go up because I, I'll tell you what I sense there is a need to make a case in the public sphere versus in the courtroom. What I suspect is the real story here is that there's a whole lot of documents that are vastly overclassified, overprotected, overlabeled as top secret. Number one. Number two, I saw there's a guy on the there's a guy on Twitter named Cernovich. Some of you may follow him. He's got quite a bit of, of sway, a million followers on Twitter. So that's about a million followers more than I have on Twitter, which is okay. And today, <laughs> today, he puts out there, Trump could have put any of these documents on Twitter and immediately thereby disclassifying them. That's all he had to do. Instead, he was hoarding them in his desk like some 
He didn't say like some grandmother, but he made it sound like some old senile person that was, you know, storing old Captain Crunch boxes in hopes that the proof of purchase someday would, you know, be able to have some cash value. It, it, it oh, what? I've gone through the code. We together here on this program have gone through this. I, I, I don't want to say that. I mean, Trump doesn't even have to go abracadabra, this is hereby unclassified. He can just say it's unclassified. So let me let you in on a giant secret here. Trump could have never declassified these documents. Today, claim that he did. And consequently, no one can disprove that he didn't. Because as I and a number of legal scholars have read the code to me, and there, there's no formal process by which a sitting president of the United States declassifies classified information. So the best that the media can do is say, well, Merrick Garland has now what it takes, has what he needs to charge Trump, and it will be up to a jury to determine whether he's guilty or not. I'm hearing this now from conservatives. I'm hearing this now from people who used to believe and support the movement. I'm blown away by this. Who in their right minds thinks that a guy like Trump is going to get a fair shake with a DC jury? That playbook, I mean, that's, that's clear as a bell. We know how that plays out. What was the Trump vote in DC? I'm just curious. Was it 95% for Biden? I mean, no, literally, I, I, I think D.C. is 90 percent, 95 percent, depending on the election, Democratic. That's how that works. You win an indictment against the conservative, you go to D.C. That's where you get it. The idea, the concept that Trump would get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. is ludicrous. So if I sound, if I sound perturbed today, if I sound a little bit distraught, uh, it's really not with what the Justice Department is doing. It's not with what the FBI is doing. It's not necessarily even with the treatment that this is getting by the mainstream media. More so, I am far more concerned that there is a, yeah, there is a, a divide right now between conservatives by the way producer robbie uh, signaling me here through the glass you know 93 percent democrat 5.4 percent republican in dc you could be a three-legged knock-kneed somnambulist horse prosecutor and get a conviction of a conservative republican in dc by the way those of you who've read three men in a Boat by Jerome K. Jerome will appreciate my reference. This to me is sick. And putting out this picture of a bunch of SCI, no, no context, no anything. If every one of those things, by the way, it is literally his, his defense is his absolute defense, not even defense, it's, 
it's not even defense. It's 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 a factual. He can declassify any of this at any time. So, where do we go from here? I'll tell you. I think it's very likely that this Justice Department will file charges against Trump. I wasn't so sure a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago. I am now. I think when you take the totality of the comments being made by Biden, and we know tomorrow, right? Tomorrow he's planning to give a speech, give some big statement on the direction of this country. I worry about those remarks tomorrow because I think they're the beginning of an effort to prosecute Donald Trump. The Democrats are making a huge miscalculation here. When we come back, I'll explain what that is. And by the way, I'll also tell you, today's show, I want to get into what does it mean, this midterm election. I don't think that in my lifetime, there has been as consequential of a midterm election as this one. Hear me out on this. Sam Rajovsky, you're listening to News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right. Welcome back to the program. Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show. So I have a question for you, just strategic now, if you don't mind the exercise, because a lot of this is basic game theory. How does this all play out? So Biden goes and, um, and takes out Trump. He instructs, maybe not implicitly but uh through through suggestion and soft direction merrick garland his attorney general to file criminal charges against donaldus maximus the charges were filed in dc a circuit jurisdiction almost guaranteed to result in a criminal conviction of the former president So what do we have? We have Trump tied up in a legal mess. Side note, asterisk, if you will. Uh, There's nothing in the Constitution that says that a person is ineligible to run for president with a felony conviction. But I would say as a second asterisk, certainly a criminal conviction and being Ah, potentially imprisoned makes you a less than appealing candidate. What happens then? I'll tell you, the Republican Party and the movement, the MAGA movement has what the other side doesn't. We have a second silver bullet in the chamber. And his name is Ron DeSantis. And this is what I have long said is the greatest miscalculation 
by the Democrats in pursuing Trump, both through the congressional January 6th committee hearings and now this this ridiculous effort to seize documents at Mar-a-Lago and prove that, in fact, he has, well, possibly done something along the same lines as what Hillary was proven to have done, minus the fact that Hillary did not have the power to declassify documents, and Trump did. So what do I make of all of this, right? What's the strategy here? Again, Trump derangement syndrome, and we call it now here long-haul TDS, right? Because it's no longer, you know, we're not in 2018. We're not midway through Trump's first term. We are all the way in 2022. The man has been out of office coming on almost two years. And they cannot let go. So this is long-haul TDS. And what is it doing? It is obstructing the neural pathways to enable, that enable, would otherwise enable, I guess, the Democrats and all these folks to see clearly past getting Trump. Because I'll tell you, if I was, you know, if I was them, I'd be looking at this and I'd be going, you know what, Trump is a candidate, as a viable Republican Party nominee in 24 might not be the worst thing for us. Now I'm speaking, I'm putting myself in the position of a Democrat Party strategist. Might not be the worst thing for us. We're looking at it going, well, you know, I mean, Trump, very persuasive, strong opinions, lots of support, but you know, not without his faults, we've muddied him up a bit, now what? He is certainly somebody that we could beat with the right candidate. Of course, I don't, you know, I'm still looking at the field out there for the Democrats, and I don't see necessarily a strong candidate who comes out on top. But stepping back from it, what we have, folks, what we have, I, I know what Trump's number one, fine, but what we have, we have a strong contender as a number two. DeSantis could at any given point in time take this over. He could run on a platform of, well, one, certainly a MAGA platform. One, certainly a, uh, all the issues that matter to us, DeSantis would run on. Also, he would, he certainly would, would run on pardoning Trump and burning the FBI to the ground. And I, judging by some of the polling that I've seen in in recent, you saw it, right? Recently, there's 60 plus uh, percent Americans responding that the FBI is politically motivated. That's a big number. So you're going to capture independence as you go through this and look at, uh, at at an election cycle where you've got a candidate that's not Trump, that's running on Trump principles that are universally uh, I think, you know, uh, liked, I would say, by, you know, 65% or so of, of Americans. This is, a, this is a devastating thing. The, <laughs> what the Democrats are doing right now, what this is all about, they are so blinded about getting Trump that they will end up clearing the field for a candidate that potentially is far more devastating 
to the cause that they intend to um, to, 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 to achieve. I, I, to me, this is the real issue. So now, when we come back, I want to get into the ways that Biden, I mean, all the things that Biden wants to do. One of the main critical things that he has been talking about lately is gun control. And I know here in Nevada, many of you, even Democrats, appreciate the Second Amendment. So we got to get into this because it is nothing short of horrifying. This election coming up matters. It's huge. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajofsky, The What's Right Show, back in GIF. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Twenty thirty-five. Our neighbors over in California say no more gas-powered cars. So that's what? That's thirteen years to fix their electric grid. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk eight forty KXNT. <laughs> so now, because of an excessive heat wave going into Labor Day weekend, our neighbors in California are being told, "Don't charge your electric car." <laughs> How are you supposed to get around? Isn't that a fair question to ask? I, I, you know, literally earlier this week, I was saying to you on Monday, this electric car thing is crazy coming from California because they can't get their own electric grid in order. And now, front page news, uh, Californians are being advised not to charge their electric cars between 4 and 9 p.m., from Wednesday to Tuesday due to the excessive heat wave. So people are saying, well, it's only from four to nine. That's not that big of a deal, Sam. Well, do you have an electric car? No, okay, what about a gas-powered car? What if I told you you couldn't pump gas into your car from certain time to certain time? Right? It's a problem. Because when you fill up your tank, when you charge your car, by the way, it takes longer, obviously, to charge a car than it does to fill up a tank with gas. It's very dependent on when you have time because you are busy. The cost of environmentalism, the cost of all this ludicrous left-wing insanity is on your convenience, on your budget, on your lifestyle. See, it all costs something. Everything in everything in society has a cost. And we discussed energy at length yesterday, did we not? So th- just a story to me is everything you need to know about California, why we here in Nevada cannot, and I repeat, cannot become another California. We have a governor right now who during COVID did nothing but observe what Gavin the Magnificent was doing next door and uh, finger, I knocked the microphone doing it as I'm gesticulating here with my my fingers. You can't see this, but it's theater of the mind, right? Now licking his finger and putting it up in the air, seeing where the breeze was blowing. That's not leadership. That's not a CEO of a state 
taking us through a crisis. That's a political hack who's nothing but reactive and political. So, look, the, the, the energy thing, I, they, they, you know, I remember, what was it, a few years ago, they took another nuclear power plant offline in California. Now they're wondering, where's the power going to come from? Oh, we have solar. We have wind. How about you've got nothing? You've got bupkis jack crap is what you have. You have sound bites that sound good. Now, I promised uh, last segment I would get into some of the terrifying things Biden is saying on the campaign trail. He's out there uh, across a number of states uh, discussing uh, things that are going on in the country and helping, supposedly, putatively helping, helping candidates who are running in tight races. So he's on the stump. And one of the things that he is absolutely dug his heels on, mark my words, friends, if we do not take the House and the Senate, gun control is coming straight at us. Boy, there I go. I bumped the microphone again. It's live radio. It's coming straight at us. And under the guise of school safety in a safer America, Biden and the Democrats want your guns. They're calling them assault weapons. But it's going to trickle down into a lot of rifles and other firearms commonly owned by Americans. Now, you probably heard about him talking about F-15s and automatic weapons and cannons and all this nonsense. Here's the clip that has been making the rounds. I'll explain why this is total BS right away. Right now, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. Yeah, let me think about it for a minute. Listen, Biden, we live in Las Vegas. We're, well, we're not blind and we're not stupid. We've thought about those advertisements we see around town that say, fire an automatic weapon. Go up in a helicopter and shoot a machine gun. I think those are private companies that own automatic weapons and are allowing Joe Schmoes to go out and shoot them. What's up with that? Well, let me explain it. You can 100% buy an automatic weapon in the U.S., has to be manufactured between uh, before 1986. You've got to file paperwork at the ATF, wait for approval. By the way, the same is true for silencers here in Nevada. And lots of people own machine guns. By the way, I'm not aware of a single mass shooting incident involving a an automatic weapon. Our own mass shooting here in Vegas, if you'll remember, was the guy who had a modified weapon using a bump stock, but it was not an automatic weapon. You want to talk about cannons? You, you can buy a cannon. Again, it has to be manufactured pre-1898. They're not even regulated. And then other cannons that are newer require a $200 stamp. 
a tax stamp, some paperwork. This is, I'm not even getting to the F-15s and how, you know, whatever. I, look, it's, this is, the guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. He has been, well, and then he loves talking about his time in Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is him at the same event discussing going shooting with his pops back when they used to live in Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is Biden trying to be a good old boy. My dad used to love to hunt in the Poconos when we lived in Scranton. <laughs> How many deer bear wearing Kevlar vests? Huh? <laughs> Not a joke. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? <laughs> Sorry, I had a visual of bear and deer wearing tactical gear. See, it rhymes. So, you know, that's, by the way, an old trick we as lawyers use to make things sound more legit. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. All right. <laughs> five times fa an AR bullet five times faster? There's generally AR-15s or... Uh, chambered at 223 or 556. Uh, they don't, they're not even the top five fastest bullets out there, let alone quintuple speeds. What, what is this guy talking about? He doesn't know crap. He is talking to people who know nothing about guns, who fear guns, who have been influenced by the media because they have allowed themselves willful ignorance of facts now hunting you know let's put that aside here um I, <sighs> hunting a deer a deer is a big animal have any of you driven on roads from here let's say i don't know to utah at night have you ever hit a deer? I personally haven't. My wife has. She is a deer murderer. And by the way, unless you're in a larger car, it's touch and go whether the deer murders you or vice versa, okay? Because a collision with the deer can be fatal. And I bring this up only for you to understand what a deer is. It's a big, big, big animal. Any bullet, any gun, any firearm capable of taking down a deer in one shot is going to be very fatal to a human. So the whole argument, well, it's, you know, but just, just for hunting. The only difference between an AR that shoots 10 rounds and a rifle that shoots 10 rounds is the way it looks. I, and I feel, God, I've been doing a lot of screaming this week. But it, it, I'm listening to this stuff, friends, and none of it adds up. It's the only difference between these guns is how they look. I, there, there are rounds, 308s, for example, they're, they're way more deadly and powerful than 223 rounds out of an AR-15. I have a rifle that is shoots a higher velocity 
a bigger, larger bullet than any AR out there. And that can fit 25 rounds. It wouldn't qualify technically as an assault weapon. Because it doesn't look scary. The, 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 these, these people are, they are so silly about all this. So I, you know, look, and, and, and by the way, their idea too of self-defense is ludicrous. Here's a great Biden flashback from 2013 talking about how to protect yourself with a double barrel shotgun. This is absolute insanity. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun, have the shells, a 12 gauge shotgun. And I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to... You don't need an AR-15. <laughs> it's harder to aim. It's harder to use. And in fact, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself. Buy a shotgun. Can I just tell you, as your friendly neighborhood lawyer here, that if you feel some kind of a you know threat the way joe biden describes here back in 2013 before he had full-blown dementia you feel some sort of a threat you go out on your porch and fire off a couple of shots blasts from your double barrel shotgun i can tell you no hesitation that the Police will show up at your house and ask you a lot of questions and probably, probably put you in those nice little stainless steel bracelets that they carry with themselves, with them. Because shooting your gun out into the open, just, just firing off a couple, right? Listen to this. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> Have the shells, a 12-gauge shotgun, <laughs> and I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. This is so crazy. If there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside just, the house. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to... You don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim. It's okay, enough. It, just fire two blasts. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Just... This guy's crazy. And this man, together with a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House, will dictate to you and I what happens with guns. By the way, all of this negated by the fact that today, 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 not tomorrow, not in a year, not in 10 years, today, any criminal can print any gun component, 3D print any component to any weapon and create a ghost gun, no problem. And so you can come down with all the rules you want. The only people it will affect are the good guys. You and me, and our neighbors that intend to stay in the government's good graces, we will have to comply with all this. And the bad guys, they're going to have all this stuff. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajovsky, back in a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT. (music) 
Oh, wonderful to be here. What's Right Show, Sam Rajofsky, your host, discussing gun control and the plans that Biden has should the midterms go in his favor, alarming to say the least. Now, I, let me look at this. I uh, have another take on all of this. And that is, uh, you have, so obviously the, the, the target here is going to be uh, AR-15s, other so-called assault weapons. And the suggested replacement, of course, are shotguns, right? Shotguns. That's all you need for home defense. You just need a shotgun. And this, by the way, sets up a very important showdown, a political showdown that I think Biden intends to exploit. And it has really nothing to do with guns, and it has everything to do with the Supreme Court. Because I want to make something unequivocally clear. The reason that we don't have an assault weapons ban today federally is because the Supreme Court has struck it down. Well, it expired, right? But we have a Supreme Court now that has absolutely unequivocally laid their foot down that the Second Amendment means a right to bear arms. And that with very small and short shrift you know, exceptions to it, you have a, a, a right, a constitutional privilege to keep weapons. So I think what the Biden administration is looking to do here, quite frankly, is uh, pass, a, you know, pass various restrictions. They will immediately be challenged. Uh, they will probably be challenged in jurisdictions that are in, a, in, in yeah, well, court. You, you have districts, right? You have different uh, judicial districts, and some are more favorable than others to, uh, to Second Amendment law. So they'll be challenged somewhere. They'll be put on hold, and they'll get tied up in the courts. But really, the, the, see, Biden understands that this Supreme Court is not going to side with him on this. He understands that he's going to do this. He's going to put it out there. He will lose, ultimately. It'll get struck down by the Supreme Court. And then what does it do? It sets up a, well, it sets up really what the Democrats want, which is a, another case sort of been fizzling out, I think, with the Hobbs decision and Roe v. Wade, but they want another case by which they can, I, in their view, more legitimately work to pack the Supreme Court, add justices that will be favorable to the cause, all under the guise of keeping America safe and protecting the kids. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but I have oftentimes here predicted what will happen. I understand how these people operate and what their plans are. So I see this, you know, I see this as being a political maneuver. And, uh, and I, you know, I certainly worry that it's, it's not, um, it, it's not going to just, this is not going to go away and be, be a, uh, be a non-issue after the midterms. And again, this is so important. Now, producer Robbie here alerted me to a, uh, a wonderful little blast from the past when Vice President Joe Biden did a shotgun song. This is actually real. 
find it on YouTube. I'm playing this blind and trusting Robbie to have curated this. So here we go. I have two shotguns at my home. <laughs> They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. <laughs> okay. So obviously this is him saying what we had in the previous clip, but turning it into a, uh, a song. I kind of like this. It's catchy. So it's auto-tuned and absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Oh, my gosh. No, short of humor. No, short, no shortage of humor out there. All right, friends, listen. It's been a show. We got to run uh, out of time this hour. I'll be back here tomorrow, 2 to 3, as I am every weekday here on Instock 840 KXNT. Follow up on any missed episodes go to apple podcast or spotify what's right show that's what you search click subscribe and then you have all the episodes right there grateful to have you with us see you tomorrow